This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. think there's as many johnson and johnson vaccines though like there's not a, like no a quantity they just wise. started production of those not long ago so more than likely you'll get a moderna or a pfizer yeah sick if i had my druthers i'd rather have one of those yeah uh, i got I, the i got the moderna one and after my second shot i ended up calling into work the next day because i had a killer headache but the first one i didn't have any problems see that's what i, I hear is that the first dose isn't bad but the second dose is like you get uh shitty symptoms for like 18 to 36 yeah it wasn't anything like it was it was a real bad headache uh, it kind of went away by like four or five o'clock but you know it's better than uh being stuck at home for two weeks so. i hope uh i hope i get the pfizer vaccine because we were always a hellman's household so i want to be brand loyal <laughs> I hope they put mayonnaise in that vaccine. It's all canola oil. That's they said. There's a lipid. There's a lipid layer around the the RNA sequence. It's so fucking it's mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Yeah. So, hell yeah. How else do you think you're gonna get a bunch of fucking Midwesterners to get something injected into their blood? It's gotta have cholesterol in it. That's <laughs> true. We do just like dollop mayonnaise onto potatoes and call it a salad. Like that's okay. It's, it's oh, shut the it's fuck perfect. up. It's more than okay. It's great. Just eating carbs covered in mayonnaise. You're like, I like mayonnaise on a sandwich, but what if it was the opposite? What if the bread was made of mayo and then there's a thin slice of carbs in there? Are you doing a KFC double down, but with mayonnaise and starches? The mayonnaise yeah. down? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, down. it's called a macaroni Fruito. salad. Have you guys ever subbed <laughs> mayonnaise out for an egg wash? For no. what? On, like on, on like, like fried, fried chicken food. not not necessarily on chicken i think i did it on uh no i, I wouldn't I, do I was, that i think i did it as experimentally on pork chops once experimentally huh. uh, like it you're worked a scientist okay. like i'm a barely okay. functioning alcoholic mayo is mostly <laughs> eggs so exactly. i mean mayo is mostly oil and I mean, very yes. little egg it's egg and oil but like it worked if y'all ever used mayo for a base for uh for frosting for cakes yes yeah, it's actually very Sour good. Cream I was too. just spit yeah. my drink all over my notebook. Yeah, it's very good, actually. It's delicious. It has all the mm-hmm. things you want. Mayo, eggs, oil, Mayo. vinegar, Dijon mustard, <laughs> black Colin, pepper. Colin, do you know how to make Roasted a garlic. <laughs> oh, no, I just get a bunch of slices of pumpernickel bread and fill it with, like, cold lump crab meat that I've found in a can in the bottom of my freezer tell your wonderful girlfriend i apologize if she ever gets a cake made by you Nah, she just has to smell my breath for the next six months <laughs> all right well yeah, y'all want to think... get get back into brinkley yeah i think that's a good time to restart the show uh hello 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 and welcome uh, back to the worst in the industry podcast the show where we three lefty fart factories attempt to provide some form of quality control on the speeding assembly line of life Uh, So maybe, just maybe, we can try and warn you when something's going to blow up in all of our faces.
My name is Justin St. Peter, and I am a few bourbons short of streaking through my neighborhood to my metaphorical right. It's Colin Stanley. I look like uh, the genetic love child of Ed Kemper and John Wayne Gacy's butt. Uh, to my right. Uh, my name's Tyler, and researching this much about John Brinkley has me on the brink. Heyo! And he's about to break everything you say to him. Takes me one step closer to the edge. And I'm about to break. And now let's get into Brink. Yep, as uh, Tyler has so pointedly announced, we are talking about John Brinkley. This is part two of the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that shoved goat parts into everybody else's parts. Allegedly, Woodrow Wilson, not confirmed. Was that after the stroke? Do you think Woodrow Wilson got the testicles, or do you think he got... He got like the, the 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 ovaries. Well, he had a. I, well, he, he would have he would have got the testicles. The ovaries were for women only. Woodrow Wilson was a spineless, uh, screaming racist even for the time. Uh, but I do have to give him props as a fellow respecter and lover of the mommy girlfriend. Uh, his wife was like fifteen years older than him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a she man took. Of taste. That's why she took charge of the fucking country when he. When he became a fucking uh, invalid, which he deserved. If anybody deserved to be tra- trapped in a flesh prison, uh, it was Woodrow Wilson. All right. Well, apparently, fuck Woodrow Wilson. He's like if H.P. Lovecraft uh, thought he was charismatic. All right. So, um, coming back to to Mister Brinkley. So, it was about this time after he had been doing the goat gland operations for a long time, that he decided to break into a new business. Should, should, we, should we remind the audience just in case exactly what the goat gland uh, operations were? So like, what he would do is he would get a goat, he would cut the balls off, and then he would take those balls, and then he would cut into a human's nutsack and shove them in there akin to putting a marble into an apple. I feel like calling it the goat gland operation is like when you call a janitor, like a, a sanitation engineer. It's like, you just really call it like, like the goat lump chop and pop. Like, you just... yeah. Or, or the, the sandwich artists. So he decided to get into another, another industry. That industry being radio. Oh, a natural extension of cutting off goat testicles and then putting them inside human ball bags. He was way ahead of his time. In 1923, he got a broadcasting license and would become something akin to a mix of Alex Jones and Dr. Oz. He started his radio career by haranguing the AMA, calling them a monopoly of public interest for coming down on diploma mill doctors such as himself. The American Medical Association? Yep. There was about 25,000 fake doctors in America at this time. It's a lot. I would argue 25,000 too many. So most of them getting them from diploma mills, much like he did, when he paid $100 to get a fake diploma. But a lot of people bought diplomas from dead doctors' widows and just said they were that person. Oh, so it wasn't like a grandfathering in thing. It was identity theft. Got it. Yep. Yeah, entirely. thought it was like finders keepers maritime law. So he uh, he started building this first radio station by himself, and uh, it was called KFKB, Kansas First K 
Kansas best. But it was put on hold for a time being for a goat ball stuffing adventure through Asia where he, according to many, did an operation on the uncle of the boy who would become the emperor of China if the country would have not gone republic. Also, the president of the Bank of Peking, he also inspected a group of eunuchs in Saigon and circumcised the Prince of Siam on a boat in the Malacca Strait. Um, once he was done with his Asian goat testicle shoving adventure, came back to California, 1924. Or he did not come back to California, he came back to Kansas, sorry. In California, his rival Morris Fishbean and the AMA went after the doctors and had gotten their degrees from diploma mills. Of the 19 indictments, Brinkley was one of them. Agents traveled from Sacramento to Kansas to arrest him. When the warrant was pre presented to the governor of Kansas, Jonathan M. Davis, he handed it back to them and said, told them to go home, saying, quote, We people in Kansas get fat off his medicine. We're going to keep him here so long as he lives. So what's the over that this guy had goat testicles in him? Oh, I mean, it's uh, definitely, 100%, this guy has the goat testicles. Yep. So, uh, his radio station was completed, and he started going after the AMA, and saying them going after him is no more justified than the persecution of Christ. <laughs> he really liked comparing himself to Jesus. That's going to be my new go-to when I start losing a fight on the internet. I'm just going to be like, this is like the persecution of Christ, if you really think about it. Oh, and that I that I put myself in that situation, I could have gotten out of it at any time? Yes, exactly. It was a very large radio station. It could be heard pretty much throughout the entire Midwest. And thousands of people would tune into him and listen to him talk all day. It was one of the first talk radio shows to be on the radio. Um, and... Something akin to this has, has never really happened before. Having a large group of people hearing this guy in their ears for like six hours a day. You know what I'm saying? It was like the first time that that ever really happened. Oh, so like how we listen to podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they listen to this guy. They think they know him and they don't. I'm going to quote here from, uh, from Charlatan again. On he went. Conjuring the great unseen to drop their dish rags, their tools, the nearest and dearest, and get to Milford on the double. The unadorned delivery made it hard to tell at first, but for sheer tactical variety, his approach rivaled Cyrano's. Cyrano's? C-Y-R-A-N-O-S. I don't know what that is. But anyway, I'm going to continue on. He warbled, a red bird and his mate are building a nest just outside my bedroom window. Will you, for your health's sakes, be with us this May? He sacrificed. Many untimely graves have been filled with people who put off till tomorrow what they should have done today. He used big words. Watch your prostate for signs of hypertrophy and for fibrous and sclerotic condition. If there is constipation, is there not also obstetation? He shamed. Note the difference between the stallion and the gelding. The former stands erect, necked arch, mane flowing, chomping at the bit, stamping the ground, seeking the female. While the gelding stands around half asleep, cowardly, listless. Men, don't let this happen to you. He tried nearly everything, but he was smart enough to not overreach. Brinkley rarely made those kind of claims coming out of Europe, that glands would turn cronies into debutantes or keep the man alive for centuries. His core audience was weather-hardened prairie folk. They weren't born yesterday. He kept the focus on sex. I just want to say, 
Um, I am back on John Brinkley's side. He's no longer the antagonist of the story for me because he's been saying what I've been saying this whole time. Fellas, you got to pay attention to your walnut. You got to take care of your walnut. You got to pay attention to it. It's talking to you. It's telling you what you need to know. I will pay you money to say the word prostate. I could say... Uh, just stop calling it a walnut. What about uh? Well, it's it's what supposed the, to be like what about a walnut, the male enter no. button? It is it is like an enter button. Yeah, because you start hammering that, that thing, it? you get all kinds of access. <laughs> Say it with walnut. My other brain. No, Mister Downstairs. All right, you know what? I'll accept Mister Downstairs. Mister Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you, ladies. I'm Colin, and this is Mr. Worldwide. And I have a, a hole cut in my jeans. How did you put your prostate outside of your body? Hours he of went and saw John Brinkley. stretching. He had, his, he had his prostate improved upon. Oh, did he get a second goat prostate shoved up his ass? I slit my gooch open and slid the goat prostate inside like I was packing a some sort of oriental wonton you're totally missing the easy avenue there's a hole there john brinkley wouldn't have cut in he just would have ironically enough that's what i call my butthole the easy avenue people are hearing him all day they think they know who he is what he's all about right goat testicles yeah he's a talk a lot about goat testicles but you know hearing him especially you know that last quote that i i said where he sounded very educated he sounded very you know kind and nice and everything really caring about people's health People came and thought that he would help them. I'm going to quote again from Charlatan. This is about a uh, man named Joseph, Joseph Fritz. Fritzl? No, just Joseph Fritz. Quote, he said he and his wife talked it over and agreed that Brinkley was such a good Christian man, he preached such lovely sermons over the radio every Sunday. When he found out how poor Andy was and how he could only raise $550 by mortgaging his home, he'd surely operate on Andy for that. And maybe, like the Good Samaritan in the Bible, he'd do it for nothing and say to Andy, go home and give the money back to your wife and lift the mortgage on your little home, and God bless you both. But Brinkley was not that kind of Christian. When Andy got there with only $550, Brinkley would not touch him. He said he'd have to raise $750 or go home without an operation. I never felt so sorry for someone in all my life as I did for Andy as he stood there weeping like a child. He wanted that operation so bad. That he would go, so he would go back home into his old job. And then Minnie Brinkley, who liked to describe her role at the clinic as counseling, collecting, and goodwill, stepped in. She told him that he'd just have to raise the other $200, or they'd work into his fears and make him think the goat glands were the only thing that would save him and make him young and strong again. And Andy didn't know where, where to turn for the money. With tears in his eyes, he begged Brinkley to take a note for $200 and he'd pay it, little by little, out of his wages as he earned them. Brinkley refused, finally, said Fritz. Mr. Brinkley wrote in the firm that Andy worked for, and she had gotten a written agreement so that it would send so much of Andy's wages to her each week until the $200 were paid. And then they operated on him and sent him back to his mortgaged home and his wages, and also mortgaged for both. The operation was useless, Fritz said. Whitebeck wrote and told him that he was in much worse condition as he was before Brinkley worked on him. Brinkley merely operated on his pocketbook. As for Fritz, he felt lucky to get out alive. He ended up in a worse condition than he was, with a mortgaged house, and still owing two hundred dollars, which is which were being directly garnished from his wages. 
which he couldn't work anymore because he was in a worse condition than he was. Because that's what happens when you put decaying animal matter in your fucking ball bag. This sounds like the same way my health insurance deductible. I can't get my goat balls if uh, if I can't raise that extra two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Gotta love American healthcare. At this time, he was you know shoving goat balls into people left and left and right, but he was still progressing through his radio career. He spoke three times a day for hours at a time, in between playing military bands, sports reports, French lessons, weather reports, and even being the pioneer of country music on radio. Until this time, bluegrass country was something that people just kind of played for each other, um, but now it was on an incredibly popular radio station. It's a real Fraser Crane. If you know anybody that plays in a country band, you let them know. It's all for goat testicles. All of it. It, it, all, it all comes back. To goat yep. testicles that is exactly he's, he's the one that made gene autry famous Holy shit. okay i like country music gene autry played on his radio station that's wild so um eventually he started something called the medical question box and he would eventually sign a deal with a pharmaceutical company to make his own branded over-the-counter pills that he would hawk over his radio so people would write into him tell them their ailments and then he would prescribe them over the air. They would go to one of the 1,500 pharmacists in the Brinkley Pharmacist Association and get their pills. And the way these pills were, they were sold as being numbers. So like, you know, number 73, number 54, like, oh, you got this problem, you know, take number 39 and number 42. What people started doing is they would hear this on the radio and would say, that sounds kind of like the thing that's wrong with me, and then they would just go to the pharmacist and get these pills. But the problem was, is these weren't like supplements, like Alec Jones sells. These were actual fucking, like, prescription drugs. Oh, like actual, like, medicines. Yeah, and they were also six times the market price. And he would make a dollar a piece off these prescriptions. The Martin Shkreli of the early 20th century. He would make about $14,000 a week which equates to six and a half million dollars a year off of this. This is how our supplements are going to work. They're only labeled uh, by historical figures that we either like or really hate. Um, and it's actually uh, medical grade doses. So like if you get like the Aleister Crowley, it's uh, it's like a jar full of fucking heroin. And if you get if you get the yep. Alex Jones, it's a it's a bunch of Viagra and metabolic steroids. Can we can we make the boner pills can we call those the neubergs sure so i'm going to quote again from charlatan this is about a uh, man who took some of these pills because he heard on the radio an ailment that sounded similar to his dr hw grilly of ottawa kansas was brought to the bedside of a mailman on the edge of death i found the patient profoundly collapsed gilly reported his countenance ghastly ice cold pulseless and apparently dying from some great shock upon my question as to what had happened he whispered I took some of Brinkley's medicine. The doctor examined the bottle. Brinkley's number 50, liver medicine, priced $3.50. Aside from being worth about 75 cents, as later tests proved, Gilly found the effect of number 50 had been so drastic upon the patient to produce enormous cholera-like grippings and actions in vomiting, causing a tearing open of an old ulcer and a violent hemorrhage. The vomiting and intense pain continues. X-ray pictures were taken, showing the pyloric orifice about one and a half inches to be nearly closed, 
and it would soon be imperative that there would be a new opening by attaching the bowel to the lower margin of his stomach. Sounds like what happens every time I eat White Castle. Yeah. So, because he took these pills, this guy needed to get serious gastrointestinal surgery. Okay, but there's also something to be said for, like, just going to a store and buying a bottle of pills. Like, obviously, I don't want to be the personal responsibility guy here, but, like, come on. When you're just buying pills, don't just buy pills. They thought this guy knew everything. They trusted him. I do agree, but I, I, I do I, I do think that these people definitely are still victims. Yeah, I think it's I think it was a top down kind of issue because it was an issue it's an issue with Brinkley, but it's an also also an issue with the pharmacist association that said, Oh yeah, we'll just sell these to whoever comes in and says that he Brinkley says I need and them. And now I'm back to thinking Brinkley's the antagonist despite uh despite love and walnuts as much as I do. Sorry, Mr. Downstairs. Um, that was a letter sent to Morris Fishbean, his rival. Fishy Fishbean, as Brinkley came to <laughs> call him. Very original. Brinkley's so creative. Uh, jumped onto writing reports to try to contain Brinkley. He planned on bringing it to the AMA, the FTC, and the Better Business Bureau. Whatever he could do, he was trying to get this shit shut down. And I'm going to read you Brinkley's response. Brinkley went on the radio to slam Fishy Fishbean and the other smirking oligarchs at the AMA. Those MDs are stinking, thieving, lying bunch, he said. I'll grind their heads off under my heel like I would a snake. And the charges flew back and forth. Another well-known quack emerged as Brinkley's most conspicuous ally. I love that John Brinkley talks about his enemies the same way I do. It's the same way that fucking Richard Nixon would talk about well, them. Well, no, Richard Nixon would say the N-word a bunch. Well, yeah, but to be fair... His enemies were probably mostly white guys. Well, yeah, like the Bushes. No, I meant Brinkley's. Oh, like the Bushes. <laughs> so I'm going to quote again from Charlton. At the start of 1930, Radio Digest announced that Brinkley's KFKB was the most popular radio station in the United States. In a national survey, it had received more than four times as many votes as the second place finisher and 30 times more than KFKB's rival, WDAF, owned by the Kansas City Star. Simultaneously, Fishbean crowned Brinkley the most daring and most dangerous charlatan in the country, out of 125,000 on file, and vowed again to make the April issue of JAMA to have him and Norman Baker too taken off the air for good. The Federal Radio Commission must be depended on to end the obscene mouthing and the perniscuous promotions that are broadcast by the stations that these quacks dominate. Brinkley thanked him for the attack. This scrap on us has caused people to come to us with such increased numbers that we're swamped completely, he told his listeners. But the threat to his station was real, and he knew it. He doubled down. He doubled down and said, hey, you know what? All press is good, good press, for him, I guess. Man. Yeah, I mean, he, John, John Brinkley really said, fucking stop me, man. You know, Alex Jones, I lost a lot of respect for him when he, in court, was like, it's a character, and it got out of hand. Like, yeah, right. Own like, it, dude. I don't, and I don't mean respect. Like, I like the guy, but like, there is a certain amount of respect. Res you respect res the craft. I respect the showmanship. I respect the packaging. Yeah. I expect. I respect the commitment to a bit, even when most people mm -hmm. fucking hate it. He's been on this bit for thirty it's years. That Honestly, Alex Jones. It's a great bit. It's a great bit. Mm -hmm. If you can get that work, get that work. At this time, Brinkley was pretty concerned with um someone. I guess someone coming to Waco him, um. So, he was so obsessed with his show of power and clout, he hired none other than the Pinkerton Detective Agency to do security to his radio compound. No 
fucking shit. Yep. Motherfucker. Bringing it back around. Circling back. The Pinkerton Cinematic Universe. Oh, there's another thing I'm going to circle back around here. Don't worry, baby birds. You'll get fed. Tell me about Alan Pinkerton. Mm, How many balls did he have? (laughs) Uh, Probably more than two. But, so, eventually... Wait, didn't Alan Pinkerton die before Brinkley did his thing? I don't give a fuck. Anyway, so, eventually his radio pill mill was shut down. Preemptively, he shut down the medical question box section of his show, but it was to no avail. His broadcasting license was revoked on a 3-2 vote. Do you think that they shut down his radio station because of the medical question box? I'm going to go ahead and say that was maybe not the problem. It's going to be like uh, he defamed somebody or something. He said the word erection and climax (laughs) on the radio. There we go. Them good old American puritanical values. They got him on a technicality. They alcoholed him in a way nerdier Um, way. Actually... You talked about butters. You talked about a hard penis. Um, Teacher, teacher, he said orgasm. And then six weeks later, they revoked his medical license as well. So I'm going to read a few quotes uh, about the uh, the court case for him getting his medical license revoked. Oh boy, this is going to be a good one. Brinkley alone kept his suit coat on. During the opening arguments, he sat at the defense table smoking perfumed cigarettes with the elan of a patron at the outdoor cafe. Seated behind him, staring balefully at the back of his head, was a mangled ex-patient, John Zahner. Another former patient, R.J. Hibbard, was first up for the prosecution. His slow shuffle towards the witness stand as he groped the air spoke volumes. His wife, who testified next, said that on his return home after getting the goat glands, Mr. Hibbard had lain in bed unconscious for three days. More of the mauled and mutilated followed. Charles Ziegenharth. 60 said that instead of stitching him up properly after a prostate operation, Brinkley had plugged the bleeding wound with a piece of rubber boot heel and sent him on his way. Grant Eden, caretaker of the state park, had come on the same bus as John Zahner. He too got the works, after which he could barely move. And when he later wrote to complain, Brinkley replied with a note describing the hunting trip he had recently returned from, ending with, Your condition is your own fault. Wishing you a Merry Christmas. And there is testimony from Robert Carroll, the brother of Cora Maddox, whose vivid account of Brinkley's gunplay at the clinic had already run in the star. I smelled whiskey on his breath, Carroll said. He opened a desk drawer, took out a revolver, and told me my sister would not come out of that hospital except over his dead body unless he was paid $100 more. Carroll and his brother had returned with guns of their own and rescued her Wild West style from the building. Jesus Christ. He is like a modern-day insurance company. He's holding you at gunpoint. Fuck yeah. It's like, premiums are going up whether you like it or not, motherfucker. Another quote about it. For several hours, prosecutor William Smith tried to crack Brinkley's studied aplomb. He couldn't do it. But as it turned out, he didn't need to. Sometimes ignorance has an eloquence of its own. I'm going to read them in two separate voices. I'm going to do um, the prosecutor in an old-timey voice. And I'm going to do John Brinkley in an Italian voice, because those are the only two voices I can do. We'll work on that. You say in the literature you furnish a new blood supply and you furnish a new nerve supply to the testicle? Yes, sir. How do they benefit from the testicle? Well, I believe they do. That is my opinion. How? I can't explain it. Is it in any textbook? 
I don't know. Did you learn it in school? I don't think that I did. Then how did you know it? From the results I got with my patients. <laughs> Trial and error. Two days after that testimony, his medical license was revoked. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Now you think to yourself, what could he possibly do next? He lost his radio station. He lost his medical license. How could he possibly stay on the public's good side after being dragged through the mud? Kill the president. He did what everyone else would do in this situation. He ran for governor. Oh, okay. I, th uh, of Kansas? I thought it was going to be shoot the yep. president to impress Jody Foster. Unfortunately not. I think that might have worked better for him. He held many public rallies and ran one of the most successful write-in campaigns ever conceived. To curtail some votes because he knew that he was so popular, the Kansas Supreme Court made a dis distinct clarification on how his write-in name must be. It had to be J.R. Brinkley, not J.R. Brinkley, not John Brinkley, J. Period R. Period Brinkley. When he found out about it, he hired a cheerleading squad for his rallies to scream J. Period R. Period to get his point across. Not, not, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. This is like Ross Perot and Donald Trump in a single man. I love it. And this is where we start circling back around. <laughs> it's Miller time. <laughs> it's, it's always Miller time. Miller sponsor us. Um, his political ideology has always been what you could call problematic. What? Somebody in the early 20th century having problematic ideas about, you know, race and class and... I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote from uh, a Medium article uh, by uh, The Hot Seat. Brinkley had long railed against the intellectuals that he believed had kept him from being able to operate and make money. He leaned to this and found an audience that let him rail against the communists and liberals while preaching the Bible, taking a page, or stealing the whole book from Father Coughlin. He, uh, he started really liking this little-known guy at the time by the name of Adolf Hitler. Oh, it was real, real early stan of Hitler. The second you said elites, I knew this was, I knew where this was going. He went to the 1936 Olympics and loved Germany. He had Father Coughlin on. He also had Fritz Kuhn on, the American Fuhrer and the leader of the German-American Bund, and William Pelly of the Silver Shirts. He ended up donating $5,000 to the Silver Shirts. He hated communists and Jewish people, and it did not help that his rival, Morris Fishbean, was a Jewish oh, man. Wait, what? Morris Fishbean? Yeah. Jewish? He probably at this time thought, like a lot of people did, that communism and Judaism were the same thing. So, I'm going to quote from, uh, from John Brinkley. War is the communist's delight. He mixes its bitter broth for the sweet lips of your boy. I would deport every radical who has preferred the gleam of warlike Mars to the soft amber light of the Bethlehem orb. The Bethlehem... The Beth also... Sorry. Sorry. You don't get a roll past this one. Your boy's sweet your lips. Boy's sweet lips. Your boy's but sweet lips. But also the orb of Bethlehem. Mm. Is that the orb that uh, yep. the fucking Saudi Arabian prince and Donald Trump like were touching? The big glowing, <laughs> the big fucking palantir that they just hauled in? Like it wasn't some dark consecration to Moloch? 
it was about this time that he also added swastikas to the tile of his oh, that's pool. honestly the drip though you gotta respect the drip yeah i mean gotta it's, like, respect it's like adding a bunch drip. of nike swooshes to the tile of your pool I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, just having the money to customize the tile in your pool is like... It's David Bowie money. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should get into the go testicle business, boys. I mean, it made a lot of money. No, so anyway, I'm going to quote again from that Medium article. Ugh. A populist. Brinkley campaign on a vague program of public works. A state lake in every county. Education. Free textbooks for public school children. And increased educational support for blacks. Lower taxes. And old age pensions. He appealed to the immigrant vote by putting German and Swedish-speaking people on the air at KFKB. Brinkley enlisted a pilot with his own plane, Brinkley dubbed it the Romancer, to deliver him in grand style at his campaign rallies. In short, Brinkley was a master of the publicity stunt. When a prominent newspaper ran an article critical of his qualifications to run the state, Brinkley sent him a goat. Okay, so I'm back on Brinkley's side. I flipped again. Yeah, that's... It was kind of a flex, just be like, yep, these are my fucking qualifications. Sure my fucking qualifications. And it's, it like, he hired a guy to, like, also, like, hold the goat's testicles, like, up. Like, like, these, this is what I'm talking about. To emphasize yeah, them. Like, an, like a fucking exclamation point. He ran for governor. After the 12-day tally of all the votes, the Democrat came out on top with 217,171 votes to the Republicans' 216,920 votes, margin of only 251 votes. Brinkley got 183,278 wow. votes. We are unsure of how many votes Brinkley for Brinkley went uncounted, but there was probably quite a lot. Because because of that because of that distinction where they said it had to be JP or RP or Brinkley, if any governor nowadays Lost by 251 votes. Be blasted for a recount by the losing party, right? Seems to be an effective strategy. Both parties were so concerned that a recount would make Brinkley win that the Republican Party accepted defeat and moved on. They actually were just like, you know what? We j I'll, I'll take the loss as long as this guy gets nothing. Is, yep. Yeah, basically. So, I've been there. Scorched earth policy. Mm-hmm. After another defeat, Brinkley decided to do what all flim-flam doctors do. He set his sights on Mexico, but not for the reasons that you think. He could start a vastly unregulated radio station on the border. The FTC, which he hated, regulated radio power to 5,000 watts. He decided to spend $350,000, or about $5.5 million in today's money, to make a, quote, Border Blaster radio station, call sign XER, started out as a 150,000 watt radio station and eventually would become a almost 1 million watt radio station. Goddamn. Yeah. Due to his radio station being so powerful, people in Kansas could still tune in. He ran for a governor, again, unsuccessfully, but he did receive about 30% of the votes, only losing by about 30,000. With a radio station being this powerful, people in Canada could hear him. Some people said that it was the only radio station they could hear. They'd turn their knob and only get Brinkley. Some people claimed it would turn on their car headlights. They could hear it in their fences, make their bed springs hum, and it would bleed into telephone conversations. 
Some people said you didn't even need a radio to listen because you could hear it in your fucking fillings. He was like microwaving people long distance. Like, there's no way this is good for you. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I've got an idea on how to up our viewership, boys. I was actually telling that to Tyler. We'd have to get regulated. There's like some permits we have to fill out, and we have to get a broadcasting license. But nah, fuck, fuck that. that pirate radio. They'll shut you down literally fucking immediately. <laughs> it is the second it pings anything, you're fucked. They'll just show up and tear it down. They do not fuck around. With this large radio station, he continued to blast his ideas of fake medicine and anti-Semitic propaganda over his radio station, constantly slamming Morris Fishbean with anti-Semitic slurs, and remained convinced that he was the one that ruined his life. He still used the radio station to sell fake medical cures, because he wasn't able to practice medicine in the United States doesn't mean he can't in Mexico. Yeah, he can sell L brain force. La Cabeza. La Cabeza Fuerza. God damn it, you beat me to it. (laughs) La Cabeza Fuerza. So he ran a clinic down there, doing what he does best. Convincing people he can make their dicks works again. Dicks work again. Performing modified vasectomies and prostate rejuvenations for the equivalent of $18,000 per operation. He sold advertising airtime to customers for the equivalent of $26,000 for them to sling their mercurochrome injection and dick pills, all staying in the vein of people's sexual prowess. This guy had a 1 million watt fucking radio station that he used to sell gas station dick pills before gas stations were even really what they are today. For the equivalent of $26,000 for like 10 minutes Dude, of playtime. fucking hustle and grind. Rise and grind. Grind it's, culture. It's, it's grind culture. Just, success isn't something that happens. Success is a mindset. Okay? Mm-hmm. Alright? you the, Success doesn't happen. You happen to success. Success is having a lot of blood in the bank. <laughs> oh, because Elizabeth Holmes is a vampire. So she's like, she's roaming, she's roaming like the turn of the century West, like wiping out small mining towns and like fucking has a big bat horse. It's like shooting her guns. He made enough money to build an incredible mansion in 1936 on 16 acres of land in Del Rio with 12 Cadillacs, a greenhouse surrounded by 8,000 bushes. And he even imported exotic animals from the Galapagos Island to roam his land and most likely fuck up the local fuck ecosystem. Yes. Yeah, because that's what you did when you were Dude, rich in the like, early 20th century. He's like, I've created my own plantation world. And now I will crater the local fucking ecosystem. It's like Joseph Kellogg in a fucking black, cor- black this is squirrels. This like the plot of Biodome, but in reverse. <laughs> so, later, Fishbean would publish a series of articles called Modern Medical Charlatans, which went fucking in on John Brinkley. Hell Yeah. John Brinkley attempted to sue him for the equivalent of $5 million for damages due to libel, but it was thrown out, and he ended up being countersued for over $3 million. And that was when 
the IRS started coming after him for tax fraud. Hey. They, uh, they, so they kind they metaphorically Al Caponed him, and then they really Al Caponed him. Yeah, they literally Al Caponed him. He declared bankruptcy in 1941, and in the same year, was shut down by the Mexican government after pressure from the United States. Wrapping it up on Mr. John Brinkley. After the bankruptcy, he was being investigated by the Postal Service for mail fraud, and after three heart attacks, one requiring his leg to be amputated, on May 26, 1941, he died penniless in San Antonio. His mansion still stands today at 512 Quayla Avenue in Del Rio, and has been named a Texas Historical Landmark. We gotta go see that shit someday. Fuck and yeah. also, holy fuck, this guy pissed off everybody. You got the IRS coming at you, you got the FTC coming at you, you got the fucking goddamn uspis coming hey, at you the fucking yep. mexican government hey, everybody <laughs> yeah the mexican government like he just he had no various rent. infertile yep. except except for hitler oh. <laughs> except for hitler. hitler but he never even got to see like he never he died in uh what was that 1941 he never even got to see like pearl harbor he never got to see world war ii well, start he knew the Holocaust Officially. was happening. Like, for, for for America. Well, of course he did. So he, he was probably happy about it. He was probably jazzed about that. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. three heart attacks, one leg amputated. I don't think he was too jazzed with much of anything at that point. Yeah. Yeah, stacking up heart attacks, you, you end up looking like Dick Cheney and, and acting like acting grumpy like, like him Oh, like time. Danny DeVito's The Penguin? So, I'm going to suggest to everybody that is listening to this to go get a copy of this book, Charleston, it's phenomenal. Great book. Would highly, highly, highly suggest it. The author is uh, Pope Brock. Great book. Um, it's not too long. It's like uh, it's like 300 pages. Nothing, nothing too crazy. It's a good read um, because there are still a lot of things that I left out. Um, mostly uh, little scruffs that him and uh, Fishbean had. Oh, There's like a lot punch about each that. Other? What, it's, like, it's like, really... like, like actual fist fights? No, 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 no. Like, you know, Fishbean writes something, Brinkley goes on the radio <laughs> and talks shit. Oh, they do the back and forth of how, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal book, would really suggest it. And uh, Pope Brock, uh, if for some reason you're listening to this shitty podcast, big fan. Great book. Reach out to us at worstintheindustry at gmail.com. Or worstintheindustrypod at gmail.com. Oh, I love old-timey con men. They're my favorite. Oh, yeah. Con men of all kinds are this show's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do we have a, do we have any sort of call, call to action this week, or is it just kind of like don't don't get goat parts surgically implanted into you? Um, I guess if I had to, I guess if I had to do a call to action, if something related to a medical issue sounds too good to be true... It probably is. And I would also say that um, doctors, like, in hospitals are paid to do things certain ways and prescribe certain things in certain amounts. So, like, you know, maybe don't not trust doctors, but maybe get, like, a second or a third opinion. Well, the thing about uh, prescriptions is you can, there is a... uh... A database online that you can look up your doctor and find out if they have taken money from any pharmaceutical companies i don't know the exact link to it but if you just like probably google search like 
how can I find out if my doctor is a piece of shit and taking money from pharmaceutical companies? I'm sure it'll come up, um, and you can search your doctor, and they will let you know who they have taken money from directly. I'm pretty sure the name of that website is the uh, Rush Limbaugh Family Practice Database. All the people who have taken money to fucking dole out oxies like they're those fucking strawberry hard candies is just right there big old rush limbaugh gold seal of approval big thumbs up smiling from rush speaking of oxys i'm coming for you next sackler family Sacklers, Get we're ready. gonna put you in the fucking ground figuratively speaking rhetorically uh well uh we would like to thank all of you for once again tuning in to the worst in the industry podcast uh i personally would like to once again put out a call uh if you are listening to this podcast and you have had a very shitty employer particularly a very shitty corporate employer and you have a story of the shitty things that they did to you or a, a way that you got back at them under condition of 100 percent total anonymity um, I would like to tell your stories on air uh, on either this show uh, or uh, another sideshow or on some form of live stream. Please reach out to us at worstintheindustrypod at gmail.com. Yep. Or uh, DM us on Twitter or DM us on Instagram. We have an Instagram now, um, which is uh, at worstintheindustry, I believe. Let me double check on that real quick. Is, is it worst in the industry or is it witty pod? The uh yep the uh, Instagram is at worst in the industry, and the Twitter is at Woody Pod. Yeah, send us an email. I am on Twitter at Tyler Woody Pod. I'm also on Instagram at Tyler Woody Pod. If you want to follow me, you'll figure out for just how about and you I. guys. Uh, just do do a little digging. It's not gonna be that hard. But you gotta work for it. <laughs> yeah, we got like ten followers on yeah. our Instagram it's page. It's like so all of us we're in and there our friends. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah that's pretty much it john brinkley great dude he had the he drip did have the swastikas drip. in the swimming pool like imagine like a de- i imagine like a dennis rodman-esque level of drip jewelry personal style and flair now next week uh next week colin your your mandate i may have a two-parter in store with with, Ooh, with right. an interesting well, we'll see. lay twist we will see Well, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.